quick reminder to everybody to check out our listener survey and give us all the feedback that will help us improve the show and make life a lot easier and more entertaining in the future. You can check out the listener survey in the show notes of this episode uh, as well as on our Twitter feed. Thank you very much. It's time for some news. I'm Jason, and today we're doing a Savage News episode. It's been a few weeks since we've had one, and Matt and Rachel are once again indisposed. Uh, and I was really busy, but then I uh, found like a little window of time here on a Tuesday. So I decided I'd just pop on into my uh, backyard, listen to the birds chirping, feel the wind against my cheeks and my nose and my, my ear holes. Actually, I'm not feeling it on my ear holes. I'm wearing headphones. Got to monitor my levels, you know? It's, that's business speak for monitoring my levels. Uh, this week, there has been a ton of news, um, a ton of big announcements, a ton of uh, things that have come down the wire in the world of comic books and geekery. So I figured I'd kind of run down some of that and give some give some hot takes fresh out of the oven. Um, and, you know, it's always it's always good to check in with you people, and it's, it's nice to be out here in the weather, not staring at a wall, thinking about the endless void of my own struggles. Anyway, on uh, on that depressing note, I figured uh, start off the show by kind of uh, uh, paying a quick tribute to the uh, soon-to-be-deceased L.A. Uh, Meltdown Comics. Um, they just announced that uh, after 25 years, uh, Meltdown Comics in L.A. is closing. Um, this store has been a huge... Uh, landmark for comic book fans and geeks alike in uh in LA. Um they've been doing comedy shows in the back of their store. Uh they played an instrumental role in some of the comedy things and and growth with Nerdist. Um and honestly that store was just run by great people. Some of my uh some of my best friends I met because of Meltdown specifically. Um I, I took a class and learned how to color comics uh at Meltdown and and met four of my closest friends uh that I've had in LA and you know I mean when when I first moved to LA um I I for about six months I lived a block away from Meltdown and it was the only like I I I knew nothing about this city uh before moving here um and the only place that I knew about in LA was Meltdown Comics because I had listened to so much of uh, the Harmontown podcast, the Rick and Morty creator Dan Harmon, uh, his podcast that he would do there every Sunday. Um, and man, for for the first, you know, I mean, really for that for that first six months, I was going to Meltdown almost every Sunday. Uh, I didn't know anybody when I moved out here. I didn't have any friends or anything like that. And that was kind of uh, the one sort of feeling of uh, familiarity that I would get being out here and kind of getting used to things and, you know, trying to find work in a, in a really uh, aggressive and competitive industry. Um, and so the meltdown was always kind of just a, a very, um, I don't know, comforting place to be. Uh, Francisco, the, the co-owner, uh, was someone that was always very welcoming. I mean, my, my first, uh, my first time at meltdown, I didn't know how, uh, how the process worked, how to get tickets or anything like that. And he just like, he told me, he's like, Oh, it's, it's your first time. Come on in. Let's, uh, let's, let's get you in there and we'll, we'll put you in a, in a VIP seat, uh, for free. So the very first time I, I walked in, I uh, was, was able to have a, a wonderful experience and not even spend any money, uh, which was great considering I didn't have any, uh, work lined up when I first moved out here. Really inadvisable kids. Uh, 
definitely try and line up some work before you move to a new place and where you don't know anybody and have to pay rent. Um, but you know, from, from the first time I set foot in the meltdown, uh, everybody there was, was super kind and, and gracious. And, you know, the fact that they would do those, those classes, the meltdown university where they would teach people how to color comics, how to write comics, uh, how to, how to actually like produce and print and self-publish comics. Um, you know, I can't think enough, not only, uh, Francisco for, for, you know, allowing that to happen, but also people like Chris Northrup, Eric Esquivel, uh, I mean, Jim Mafood, everybody who contributed to those classes at Meltdown U, they were amazing. Um, you know, and, and all the employees at Meltdown too, they were always very helpful. Um, it was such a, a great store that always had a really awesome selection and, you know, they were always there to be, you know, willing to, to make great recommendations and, and sort of interact with people in their store. Um, it felt like a place where you were totally welcome to, to sit and kind of read some comics first and try them out before, uh, before you decided what to buy. And I don't know, Meltdown was, was one of my favorite stores in LA. Um, and one of my favorite stores I've ever been to. Uh, and it's, it's kind of a, uh, sad to see it go. Cause that was the first place that I sort of felt at home, uh, in this city. And so I, I, I don't know, I, I think meltdown for, for being sort of a, a pseudo support system for a while. And, and also, uh, you know, introducing me to, to friends who have, uh, become really close and, and, you know, helped me get a lot of things moving and, and, you know, just really friends that I'll have for, for years to come. And so it's sad to see meltdown go. I know that, um, the company will still be around and they're sort of trying to, to refocus their efforts on other things. I, I haven't, uh, learned specifically what those things are, but, um, I hope, I hope the company stays around for a long time because they, they have great people running it. Um, but again, just, uh, going to be sad to, to see that building without, uh, without the comic book store in it. Uh, moving into, uh, some Marvel news. We got, we got a few, a uh, few little meaty things here on the Marvel desk. Uh, the first thing that I'll touch on here is, uh, that Captain Marvel has now started production and it's bringing back some old faces. Um, Captain Marvel, as we've talked about a little before, this movie is going to be taking place in the 90s. Um, so this is this is a little bit of a flashback movie. Uh, Brie Larson starring in the titular role as Carol Danvers. Um, uh, she's also going to be joined by Nick Fury, uh, played by Samuel L. Jackson. They'll probably be... It looks like this movie, they're going to be doing a lot of de-aging. You know Marvel really likes to shove that de-aging machine into every movie they do, and now they're going to be really turning it up. Uh, in most movies they've done prior, it's been like they've de-aged like one person, you know, or aged up one person as well. Uh, they age up Peggy Carter in uh, Winter Soldier, you know, they aged down Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War. Uh, but now they will be aging down uh, uh, Clark Gregg, who is returning as Agent Coulson, playing a younger Agent Coulson, uh, which means there will be some S.H.I.E.L.D. interaction in this movie. Uh, Sam Jackson is going to be aged down as Nick Fury. Um, and we will also be getting Lee Pace and Jimon Hansu uh, returning as Ronan and Korath, respectively. Ronan and Korath being the uh, the villain and henchman from the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, Captain Marvel's origin is very tied into the Kree people, uh, and Ronan is uh, Kree. I believe... Um, actually, wait, hold on. Yeah, Ronan was... Cree, right? Yeah, he probably is. If I'm wrong on that, you know, correct me or some shit. Um, but uh, Captain Marvel's origin is, is very closely tied in with them, so it makes sense that Ronan would be showing up. Um, 
I'm I'm curious if they're going to do anything uh, with Novar. Was it Novar? Yeah, Novar, the original Captain Marvel. Or if it's just going to be Brie Larson straight from the get-go, and then maybe somehow Ronan is uh, responsible for her getting her powers. Um, I am very excited that this might uh, have some like Top Gun qualities to it. Because uh, Carol Danvers being an Air Force pilot. Um, I think Rhodey was actually also... I don't know if Rhodey's been confirmed yet. But you'd think, you know, if it's in the 90s and she's in the Air Force, there's a pretty prominent Marvel character that's uh, in the Air Force that's, you know, a high-ranking official in the Air Force, Colonel James Rhodes. So, I don't know. I, I hope, hope James Rhodes shows up. But, uh, yeah, you've got uh, Brie Larson, Sam Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn uh, is playing a, a big role. Old Mendo. Maybe he's playing Novar. Who knows? Uh, Lee Pace returning as uh, Ronan as well as a bunch of other people whose roles I don't know, uh, with Clark Gregg and Jude Law, I think, is playing uh, the villain. It's either, so either either Ben Mendelsohn or Jude Law is playing Novar, and then the other one's probably the main villain. Um, and I, I wonder the, the role that Ronan plays in this. I just, I like it because it's like, it's playing in the sandbox, right? It's using sort of the toys that have been set aside and bringing them back in to, to sort of uh, use in, in some kind of new or, or fresh ways, hopefully. Um, and it's always nice to see, you know, Coulson and Ronan and Korath, who had a criminally low amount of lines, you know, get Jimon Hansu and have him like give you, you know, four lines over the course of a movie. Come on, give him more than that. Uh, elsewhere on the Marvel desk in the, in the, in the little Fox cubby on the Marvel desk, uh, we've got more delays. Something's going on over at Fox with their X-Men properties. Maybe they're reshaping things in prep for the Disney deal and maybe things are kind of moving that direction or something. But part of me doesn't necessarily believe that. Uh, it just, it seems like they would just totally can this stuff if, if that were the case. Um, but dark Phoenix has now been delayed. Uh, now here's, so according to Simon Kinberg, who is the writer director on dark Phoenix, X-Men dark Phoenix, uh, this movie, concluded filming in October 2017. That means this movie has been done filming for six months. Normally, that would mean that the movie would be coming out within the next, you know, month or so, month or two. Uh, However, uh, it has just been announced that X-Men Dark Phoenix will be moved back to February 14th, 2019. Uh, so that is, uh, it was originally really scheduled for release November 2nd of 2018. Um, so that is a three month delay taking it back to February 14th. Uh, but that's not the only announcement that they made. Uh, the other announcement is, oh, and here's what's funny too. Dark Phoenix will be, uh, released February 2019. Uh, it will be released one week after Sony's Silver and Black movie about Silver Ca- Silver Sable and Black uh, what's her name Black Cat. It's going to be released one week after that. Yet Silver and Black hasn't even begun filming yet. They probably don't even have a finished script yet. Uh, and somehow Silver and Black is going to be uh, beating it to the box office. Who knows what's going on there? Um, the other announcements is that New Mutants. Uh, which was already delayed, um, is being delayed yet again. Um, the original delay was from April 2018 to February 22nd, 2019. So that was, you know, a 10-month delay, which is crazy, especially after they had already had their first trailer. But now it's being delayed yet again to August 
2019. That is six months later than its original uh, release date. And as far as I know, that that movie also finished filming. Obviously, with that far of a delay, they're probably going to be doing a lot of reshoots. Who knows? Maybe they're reshooting the entire movie. Um, at that point, that might mean they'll have to recast some people because actor schedules uh, start to get conflicting and, and people can't just drop whatever else is on their schedule to go and reshoot a movie they already finished. Um, so who knows? I don't know. Something weird's going on over at Fox. I hope that, uh, that Josh Boone, the director of New Mutants, is uh being truthful when he says or when he at least the first time this got delayed he said the delay was so that they could you know kind of lean more into that horror feel um i hope that's the case i hope they're making a very very different and original superhero movie uh but time will tell uh there still has not been any uh changes to uh the untitled um deadpool sequel and gambit uh gambit is still scheduled for june 7th 2019 Although, you know, I'll be shocked if they meet that deadline. They don't have a director, and that is sooner than uh, the New Mutants movie is said to be released. Um, and uh, and then, you know, Deadpool, obviously, it's so close at this point. It's May 18th, 2018. Uh, that's coming out on that date. Um, but in other Deadpool news, uh, Donald Glover and uh, his, uh, his network that he is, I think he has an exclusive uh, contract with or something like that right now, Um, But Donald Glover, Stephen Glover, and FX uh, have decided to part ways with Marvel Television on the Deadpool animated series that they were developing. Uh, This is sad, honestly. Um, It was originally, they announced it last summer, it was originally going to be a 10-episode series um, that was going to debut on FXX. Um, You know, Donald and Stephen Glover, I think, are two of the best creative minds in Hollywood right now. Atlanta is one of the best shows that's been on television in the last 10 years. If you haven't watched it, seriously, go watch it. It's incredible. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. They're, they're still apparently Marvel television is still planning to develop this Deadpool cartoon. Um, but it's, it's not going to be on FX and it's not going to be developed by Donald Glover. Uh, who knows whether it was Donald Glover that wanted to leave the project and then FX decided to stay with him or if that it was uh, FX that wanted to leave the project and then because of Donald Glover's overall deal with them, uh, he also had to leave it as well. Who knows? Um, all I know is I am thoroughly less excited about a Deadpool cartoon if Donald Glover is not in charge of it. Uh, in other news from the Marvel desk... Uh, Marvel editor Jordan White, uh, who has been shepherding the Star Wars line of comics since its, uh, its rebranding or relaunching with Marvel, uh, is jumping from the Star Wars ship and taking over the X-Men office. Um, I think it's a good move. I think, you know, Star Wars has been moving, uh, moving along really well for a while. And so it'll be a good, you know, spot for somebody else to step in, uh, and kind of, you know, maybe maybe freshen up or or really for the most part just kind of ride on uh uh the momentum or the direction that people like jordan d wide and jason aaron and kieran gillen have established um uh but the the x-men office has kind of been in a challenging spot for a while uh i know they've tried to do a few things that to really invigorate the x-men universe and uh you know x-men blue started off to a good start and apparently has gotten a bit rocky um, their new series, X-Men Red, has has gotten off to a great start under uh, writer Rob Williams, and, and I think uh, Mahmoud Asrar is doing that right now. Not positive. Um, 
But I, I think the, the X-Men books for a while have felt a little directionless. You know, uh, Brian Bendis was steering that ship for a while, and it's felt like they've been kind of... First off, I think that his run got a little stale, but uh, it does definitely feel like... Uh, I don't know, it, feel, it feels like they got a little stale or, or directionless after Bendis left. Uh, there's a nice helicopter flying overhead, if you guys can hear it. That's the best part about uh, living near downtown L.A. is that helicopters are always around. They're always watching you. Um, and then in, uh, in the last news from the Marvel desk, uh, Chris Evans has no plans to return to Captain America after the untitled Avengers 4. Um, I expect that he's going to die. I think that's a fairly obvious prediction. Chris Evans has long said that he's kind of looking for a nice way to get out of Captain America. Um, and, I mean, it's about time. You've got, uh, you've got Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan there uh, as, as Falcon and Winter Soldier, respectively. One of them can pick up the mantle. They're both fantastic. People love their characters. Or not pick up the mantle, you know? Do a, do a Winter Soldier and Falcon buddy cop movie. I don't care. Those guys are fun. Remember that scene when they're, like, chasing down Spider-Man? They have their little banter about stuff and sitting in the VW bug and they're, you know, they, they got some chemistry there. There's, there's some fun stuff to explore. Do a little road trip movie. They, they grab that VW bug and go across the country to, to, to find uh, Cap's shield or something. Who knows? Um, and actually I, I do have, I do have a bit of a baseless speculation on the Avengers universe just while we're at it, while I got you here, I figure, I figure I get, you know, just give you a little bit like, like bounce this off you and just see what you think. Uh, we've been, we've been looking at what's going on with this Tom Hardy Venom movie for a while now, right? And this is being produced by Sony and Avi Arad and, and all the people over there. Uh, now they've, Marvel, Marvel and Sony have never like really definitively said that this movie is or isn't in the MCU, right? There's never been a moment where they've actually come out and said it. Uh, there have been a lot of rumors, you know, some saying, oh, this movie is totally separate and doesn't have Spider-Man at all. And then there's other rumors that say Tom Holland's appearing in this movie and it does take place in the MCU, you know, or, or that it might or, you know, some sort of cameo or some sort of weird, like, alternate universe. All sorts of rumors about it. Uh, here's my baseless speculation on the matter uh, that is totally unsolicited. I know you didn't ask for it, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. I think that, uh, and also the, the other thing that makes me think this, so the Venom trailer, or teaser, rather, doesn't show anything to do with the symbiote doesn't really show much of the world around him honestly it's mostly just focused on tom hardy and him saying a few things and being like oh you go insane and lose control or whatever the hell he says in the trailer it's very narrow and doesn't really give you a lot of what the movie is about and i think there's a reason that they've been holding that back uh so the venom movie is set to debut i believe in november uh marvel's infinity war you know the the earth shattering universe shattering event uh, will be debuting at the end of April. I think that Sony has put out a, you know, a Venom teaser just to get you kind of hyped up and be like, okay, this movie's a real thing. Uh, and they are waiting until after Infinity War to release an actual trailer that shows any plot details. The reason I think that uh, is because I also think and suspect and, and am baselessly speculating that the Venom movie does firmly take place inside the MCU uh, that Kevin Feige and the people at Marvel Studios have been involved in shepherding uh, this movie to its fruition, much like they were on Spider-Man Homecoming, or maybe even in a lesser capacity. Uh, and I think that the symbiote uh, has plays a, a, a role or plays a part 
in Infinity War and maybe even in Avengers 4. Maybe Avengers 4 they call Secret Wars. Who knows? Um, I think that, that, that there is a strong possibility that the Venom movie uh, takes place in the wake of Infinity War. And that, you know, the symbiote maybe is loose on Earth or somehow in the events of Infinity War, this alien thing, you know, latched itself uh, to Tom Hardy. And maybe even, maybe Tom Hardy even uh, plays a cameo in uh, in Infinity War. And and I think that the rumors are true about Tom Holland appearing in Venom. Um, I think Tom Holland's schedule has been plenty open to, uh, to that. Um, and I'm actually, I'm even just curious. I wonder where Venom has been filming or, or did film. Because I know that uh, Infinity War, for the most part, has been filming in Atlanta, where uh, where the uh, Marvel movies are kind of based. You know, well, not based, but the filming of basically every Marvel movie uh, since, like, shit, since The Winter Soldier, probably, uh, has had a lot uh, uh, to do in Atlanta over at Pinewood Studios there. Uh, and now I'm looking at... Uh, at the Venom movie and principal photography began in October 2017 in wouldn't you know it Atlanta, New York City and San Francisco. A uh, couple of things. So first off, I do know that obviously most of the Marvel movies uh, are filmed in Atlanta, the Marvel Studios movie. So that would coincide. Maybe they're in the same place filming some scenes that might cross over. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, also Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, has done a bit of filming in San Francisco. So maybe it's even tied into that. Probably not. That's probably going way too far with it. Um, however, uh, and this is the thing too. So there have been some pretty strong, uh, uh, hints from various sources that Sony does intend for the film to share the world of Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, and so I, I think that this, uh, this Venom movie has more to do with Infinity War than anyone wants us to believe. That's why they have only released the names of two cast members, uh, the character names at least, and, and we've only learned about five of the cast members, or the, the actors actually being there. Um, I'm, I'm betting that this movie is going to uh, have a lot more to do uh, with, with the MCU than we initially think. Um, there have been little hints here and there, little breadcrumbs, uh, and I'm sure that that more more will come from that so if i'm wrong then you can burn me at the stake and and laugh me all the way to the the bank and and other phrases um i'm also curious i'm just looking up on infinity war uh when infinity war started filming if they filmed at the same time in atlanta uh this production let's see principal photography began january 23rd 2017 uh, in Pinewood Studios in Atlanta. And let's see how long it... Oh, here we go. In late June 2017, filming occurred in down in Atlanta. Uh, filming concluded July 14th, 2017. Okay, so Infinity War was done before Venom started. Oh no, now it's, now it's looking shaky, Jason. Maybe your theory doesn't hold much water. I still think it does. Just, I don't know, I'm just throwing it out there. Take with that what you will. Uh, but we got to move on. We got to go over to the Jeff Lemire desk. Jeff Lemire's got his own little desk over here, and it's uh, it's you know it's it's colored in watercolor, and it's got very unconventional lines, and the perspective is a little strange on it. But for some reason, this desk works beautifully. Don't know why. That's a Jeff Lemire joke for those keeping track. 
uh, Jeff Lemire uh, teased one big announcement and uh, made another. As we've talked about before, the Black Hammer universe, uh, the superhero series that Jeff Lemire has been uh, creating with Dean Ormston over at Dark Horse, this universe continues to expand. They've already had two separate miniseries, uh, one currently ongoing and one concluding. Um, there was It was Sherlock Frankenstein and Dr. Star are those two series. Um, the Black Hammer universe is expanding even more. Uh, Jeff Lemire teased on Twitter this week, on uh, the 25th, that Ray Fox and Matt Kent might be, uh, might be working on a little uh, Black Hammer project. Uh, Matt Kent, the longtime BFF of Jeff Lemire, got a, a long, long bromance history. Uh, and I think Ray Fox is also in on that as well. They're all Toronto guys. They come from the same place. They probably get together and watch hockey over poutine and, and whatever the hell else Canadians eat after they buy it with their loonies and toonies or whatever. Uh, and uh, they are all three of them, uh, you know, cartoonists and people who like to, to do, you know, writing and drawing, all, all the things, and also have kind of unconventional styles, all of them. Um, who knows whether the Ray Fox and Matt Kent projects are one and the same, or if they're both working on separate Black Hammer projects. Uh, all I know is that Jeff Lemire teased it a little bit, uh, responding to a tweet about uh, wanting a semi-gritty World War II Black Hammer story. Someone tweeted to him that. And Jeff Lemire just responded by saying, oh, funny you should say that, and then tagged Ray Fox and Matt Kent, to which Matt Kent replies, or replied rather, uh, a little a little picture of something that appears to be in his art style that looks like it takes place in that Black Hammer universe. So who knows what that is? But let's wait on that because the Black Hammer universe is expanding in other ways. Uh, they have just announced the Quantum Age uh, is a new Black Hammer comic where uh, Jeff, Le- sorry Jeff Lemire and uh, artist Wilfredo Torres. Um, we'll be going a thousand years into the future of the Black Hammer universe and take a look at a group of teenagers rebelling against their autocratic government. The Quantum Age follows a young Martian teen as he tries to reform the Quantum League to get back in the game. Joining Torres and Lemire on the book are legendary colorist and notorious Eisner hog Dave Stewart, uh, Nate Picos, the letterer on Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows, and Christian Ward will provide the series variant covers. Christian Ward's covers are beautiful. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. And who knows? Maybe even with these this Matt Kenton Ray Ray, uh, Ray Fox stuff, maybe Lemire is writing the scripts for those two, and and those two are just uh, doing an uncharacteristic thing and illustrating somebody else's script. I don't know. All I know is that I am very excited for those bromances to keep on circling. Um, the Black Hammer universe is wonderful. If you haven't caught up on it please do everything in that universe is just amazing and masterful um it's a it's a joy to read look it up and and just read anything jeff lemire rachel and i have talked about it before he's just the best i just got uh roughneck in the mail started reading it expectedly it's incredible don't listen to what matt says the art's beautiful uh all right now let's go over to that the dc the dc uh closet yeah we'll call it a closet we got enough desks in here let's go into the closet Oh, wait, we shouldn't be in the closet. Let's let's get out of the closet. Come on, let's let's wear it on our sleeves and 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 uh, wear it with pride. Uh, 
we were so I was at WonderCon this week, and DC tends to make a, a pretty big deal out of WonderCon. It's where they announced uh, Rebirth. It's where they've made a lot of announcements over the last few years, and this year was no exception. Boy, howdy, did they make announcements this year at WonderCon? Let's just run through them. Scott Snyder. The notorious writer of Batman, he had the the long New 52 run, 50 or so issues over the course of four and a half years-ish on Batman. Uh, He's also been writing All-Star Batman as part of uh, DC's Rebirth line and DC's Metal event uh, with Greg Capullo. Uh, He's he's, he's, he's a big Batman fan, it seems. Can't get away from him. You know, couldn't... What's the phrase? Can't stand him, can't stand to be without him, or something like that. Uh, and Scott Snyder is now taking over Justice League. Uh, there is a mini series that is forthcoming called No Justice, uh, which will feature art from Francis Manipal and a script from Scott Snyder. Uh, and that will be altering the status quo of the Justice League, the Teen Titans, uh, and the Titans, respectively. Um, now, Scott Snyder is bringing back the Hall of Justice and the Legion of Doom for his Justice League series. Uh, both were kind of missing for a long time uh, from, from the Justice League Universe books. Uh, this, this banner, this new series relaunch, is going to be called New Justice. Um, and under that, uh, under that sort of label, uh, James Tynan IV and Alvaro Martinez are going to be relaunching Justice League Dark with a lineup that includes Wonder Woman as the leader, along with Zatanna, Swamp Thing, Man Bat, Dr. Fate, and Detective Chimp. That is a quirky lineup, and I'm very excited to see it. Uh, Not only that, Joshua Williamson of Nailbiter and The Flash fame is uh, launching a new title, Justice League Odyssey, with a lineup that features uh, Green Lantern Jessica Cruz, uh, Starfire Cyborg as the leader of the team, Azrael, and, oh boy, big surprise here, dark side on this justice league team that is very interesting i wonder if uh, that has something to do with what's going on in metal or maybe what's going on in mr miracle i don't know i don't know where that's going uh and sitch is on board to do the art uh, we've talked about him before he's the artist who has uh become famous uh from all sorts of books like uh, uh his book over at top cow Ah, oh, shoot, I always forget the title. It's the BDSM one that's uh, that's really beautifully drawn and, and actually really a good, a fun read. Um, and uh, he's also been uh, drawing a lot of Aquaman lately and a bunch of covers for Suicide Squad. His art's beautiful, and I can't wait to see him on a Justice League book. It's a long time coming. He does Justice League doodles on his deviant art all the time. Um, in addition to that, uh, TV writer Adam Glass, uh, who has also worked in comics uh, periodically before, will be taking over Teen Titans with uh, Bernard Chang from Nightwing and Batman Beyond fame uh, doing the art. This feature will, uh, or this series rather, will feature brand new characters, including Lobo's daughter. Uh, Robin, Kid Flash, and Red Arrow will also be on that team. Uh, and Julie and Shauna Benson will be uh, uh, ending the Batgirl and the Birds of Prey series and taking over Green Arrow in August. I actually had the chance to sit down and talk to them about that run. Um, and that interview you will find on uh, this feed as well as in Panel by Panel magazine. So take a look out for that. In addition, Dan Abnett is continuing on his Titans series. Uh, he will be bringing back Miss Martian, who's been missing for a long time, as well as Raven, Beast Boy, Nightwing, and Steel. Can't wait to see Steel. Uh, Raven and Nightwing will lead. 
And finally, good friend of the show. You've you've heard him on in interviews on this show before. Brian Edward Hill will have a new book that begins after his upcoming Detective Comics story. Now, if you're the speculating type, which I am, and I, I definitely have no confirmation on this. I have not talked to Brian about this. I haven't talked to Brian in a little while, actually, but I'd love to get him back on the show sometime soon. I'm betting this is going to be an outsider's book. I'm just, I, I, I'm betting. He's got Black Lightning in his Detective Comics run. Seems like he's kind of taken some things in a new direction. I don't know if Batman leads that Outsiders team or if somebody else comes in to lead it. There have been a lot of iterations of the Outsiders over the years. Uh, but they've been missing from the DCU for a while, and, and I'd like to see him back. Um, either way, I am stoked for all this new DC work that uh, Brian's been doing. Uh, he's been working on the Titans TV show uh, for a while now. And so he's, he's certainly been steeped in DC Comics uh, uh, lore and universe stuff, and, and it's very exciting. I've, I've really been enjoying his stuff over with uh, Warren Ellis on, on uh, Michael Cray, um, which is in the Wildstorm imprint. If you haven't been reading that, check it out. Both of the Wildstorm books are pretty awesome. So that's exciting. Brian's a, Brian's a great writer, and whatever he'll be writing as part of that, uh, that New Justice line will, I am sure, be incredible. Um, all this stuff is spinning out of the Dark Knights Metal series that Scott Snyder is writing. Um, and uh, and it, it looks to be kind of a, a refresh or a relaunch. And it's been it's been years in the making. People have been talking about Scott Snyder on Justice League for like five years at this point. So it's, it's good. Um, in addition, uh, on Scott Snyder's Justice League co- uh, series, Marvel artist, big time Marvel artist Jim Chung has jumped ship and uh, will be illustrating that Justice League series, along with Jorge Jimenez, who is one of the biggest rising talents over at DC. He's been working on the uh, Super Sons book, as well as Superman, with uh, uh, Pete Tomasi and Pat Gleason, who is also a friend of the show. Um, I'm excited. I, I love me some Justice League stuff. Uh, it's it's all it's all good times. Um, other than that, uh, DC Inc. and DC Zoom, they're, uh, they're young adult and... Uh, and and kid oriented i don't know uh there are two imprints that are aimed at younger readers uh it's going to be pushed back a little bit to april 2019 rather than the end of 2018 um basically they're they're you know trying to make sure that everything uh gets ready on time nothing's rushed uh they got awesome creators like uh, mariko tamaki who is a wonderful creator and a wonderful person she's a delight to talk to if you ever meet her um uh, she will be debuting Harley Quinn Breaking Glass. Uh, that'll be the first title from Inc. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's I don't know it's it's a different market that they're aiming at than the traditional comics reading market. And I am incredibly excited. And I think that uh, original graphic novels rather than single issues are the future of comics. And will finally uh, allow them to get a little bit less under the the thumb of Diamond Distributing, which is always a good thing. Um, Mad Magazine from DC Comics uh, is relaunching, and I'm actually very excited for it. It's uh, it's about time that the Mad Magazine had a new sort of revitalized, fresh take on it. Um, in addition, DC announced that they have signed Frank Miller to a new five-book deal. Uh, you know, he's Frank Miller. We'll see how the quality of Superman Year One is. Uh, and also the quality of his art in this upcoming, he's doing like an Arthurian, he's illustrating an Arthurian kids graphic novel or something like that. Uh, strange. I don't normally associate Frank Miller with, uh, all ages appropriate material, but hey, that's his bag, whatever. 
In addition, uh, the IDW Transformers universe is coming to a close. I have not read tons from this universe, but what I have read has been fucking incredible. Uh, this is it's it's worth a read. Like it's it's surprising that just like a random licensed Transformers property would be so good, but it is. Just just take a look at any random issue, and I think you will see what I have seen. Um, but they are, of their own volition, bringing their Transformers universe to an end with this summer's Unicron miniseries. Um, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's always uh, sad to see a run like that sort of go. But at the same time, I think it's good. You know, when someone gets to to end a run on their own terms, that's exciting. So, you know... If you've been wanting, if you've been wanting to catch up on that Transformers universe, that's probably the time to do it. In addition, another friend of the show, Mags Visaggio, uh, is coming back to Black Mask with one more series. It is the continuation of Kim and Kim in the new series called Oh Shit, It's Kim and Kim! Uh, this series will be debuting, uh, when is it? Can't find the, the date in the solicit here. Oh my god. Um... And motherfucker, I don't know. Oh, well, I can't find it. Can't find when it's... Oh, wait, ha, ha, June. It's June. The series will be debuting in June. It is the third title in the Kim and Kim series, and this one is ongoing. It ain't no miniseries. This is the first time that Black Mask Comics has announced an ongoing series. It's been around for uh, about five years now, a little over five years. Um... So that's great for Black Mask. They're making some progress. I know recently they announced uh, they're they're sort of doing a bit of realignment with how their trades are coming out and and some things like that. Um, but they're they're still hitting some success. Uh, now moving over to the uh, Astro City desk. Weird that this has its own desk. We don't talk about it much. Um, but Astro City, which is actually concluding pretty soon, the long running shit that series has been running for about twenty years now. Uh, the comic book series is drawing to a close this year. Uh, but the TV rights for Astro City have been optioned by Fremantle Media. Um, who knows if this is going to go anywhere, but this is the studio that, uh, co-financed American Gods. Um, I, uh, I would love to see Astro City on the big screen. It's a, it's a pretty awesome comic. There's not much news in people optioning stuff, honestly, like an option basically means nothing. Uh, but at least it's, it's a little step further than, you know, nothing happening at all. Other news, uh, this is this is kind of shitty news. Uh, Lock and Key has now been dropped by Hulu, um, but IDW is shopping it elsewhere. Um, they have sh- So they have shot a pilot. Uh, Hulu ordered that pilot back in 2017, and Hulu, uh, after reviewing that pilot, has decided to pass on it, uh, which isn't super exciting. However, this uh, this Lock and Key series is being showrun by Carlton Cuse, who is, I think, one of the uh, most experienced and uh, expert showrunners in the business. He he worked on Lost. Um, he he's worked on all sorts of TV series. I mean, what was the other big one that he did? It's like you know someone's name, and then when you're trying to think of it, it's like it just vanishes from your fucking brain, um, which is always fun. Uh, Bates Motel is the other big thing that he's that he's done. Uh, also, the current Jack Ryan series and a bunch of other shit. You know him, the Strain. You know he's a he's a he's a pretty good guy. I think he's you know it's right up his alley to do this Lock and Key series. 
So who knows why Hulu dropped it, uh, but they are shopping it elsewhere, um, and hopefully it goes uh, goes somewhere good. Maybe Netflix will pick it up. Maybe uh, maybe Amazon picks it up since they're already in that Carlton Q's business with Jack Ryan. Who knows? I'm sure we have not seen the last of Lock and Key though. You know who else we haven't seen the last of? Uh, it's uh, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth on screen together because they are starring in the Men in Black reboot. Unfortunately, this is not. MIB 23, as we were promised all those years ago. Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum are nowhere in sight. However, this Man in Black reboot will be directed by F. Gary Gray, the director of Straight Outta Compton and Fate of the Furious. So I feel like it's in uh, pretty good hands. Tessa Thompson and uh, Chris Hemsworth were on screen together in Thor Ragnarok this year as Valkyrie and Thor, respectively. Uh, They got some good screen chemistry, so that'll be fun to see them again. Another In other news, uh, Rom Space Knight is now uh, in the works from Zach Penn, who is the screenwriter behind Ready Player One, or co-writer of Ready Player One with Ernest Cline. Um, he also wrote uh, an early draft of uh, the first Avengers movie. Um, he's written a bunch of uh, random superhero stuff over the course of the years, over the years of the courses, over the course of the field. Um, he's... Oh boy, all sorts of stuff. Um, I mean, he's done a like The Incredible Hulk. Uh, he he wrote the script for. Um, he had story credit on the Avengers. Uh, he's been uh, he's had a hand in in a lot of the DC TV shows. I know um, from what I've heard, at least. Uh, he also had a hand in in a lot of the X Men movies, um, X Men Two, as well as X Men: The Last Stand. Um, which you know that part might not be so great. Uh, Electra, which also. Ooh, um, he's, he's an up and down writer. He's also currently writing a, a treatment of Suicide Squad 2. So we'll see how that ROM Space Night movie is. Uh, and we'll even see if it ever gets made. Cause that's, you know, it's ROM Space Night. Uh, initially when they were developing a ROM movie, actually Hasbro Studios and Paramount had assembled a giant writer's room to bring together ROM, G.I. Joe, Micronauts, uh, Visionaries, and Mask. Um, the writing team was incredible. Uh, it included Michael Shabon, Brian K. Vaughn, Nicole Perlman. Uh, so well, I'll, I'll list some, uh, a couple of credits. Michael Shabon, the novelist who's famous for Cavalier and Clay. Brian K. Vaughn, who's famous for, you know, Saga, Why the Last Man, all that stuff, Lost. Uh, Nicole, per- Nicole Perlman, who uh, co-wrote Guardians of the Galaxy and wrote Captain Marvel. Lindsay Beard, don't know who she is, but I think she's a novelist. Shio Coker, the showrunner from uh, Luke Cage, who's currently directing uh, Creed Two. John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein of Game Night and Spider-Man Homecoming fame. Joe Robert Cole, who's a name I don't instantly recognize. I, I recognize, but don't know. Jeff Pinkner, another case like that. Nicole Regal and Geneva Robertson, also cases like that. Uh, and even, I think, Robert Kirkman was involved in that room for a little bit. It's crazy. Uh, but it doesn't seem like that room is still in existence. Um, that was a failed project, but oh well. And for the last news here today, John Cena! will be starring in a Deadpool-esque Duke Nukem movie. Uh, this movie is being produced by Paramount Pictures. Uh, it's an adaptation of the Duke Nukem video game series. Uh, they don't have a script. They pretty much don't have anything except one producer. Uh, but they do have John Cena in the titular role. And you know what? That's about as good a Duke Nukem as you're ever going to get. It doesn't ease the pain so much that uh, he was not cast as either Shazam or Cable. But it does at least uh, feel good that John Cena is starring as Duke Nukem. Or, well, 
Okay, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not confident that movie's ever going to get made, but still a good role. If anyone's going to be cast as Duke Nukem, it should be John Cena. But that's it for the news. I hope I've uh, rambled enough for you people. My voice is getting hoarse, and I've got this uh, lovely Watching the Watchmen book that I'm like halfway through right now, just sitting next to me, Dr. Manhattan staring me right in the face. And I'm going to keep going through it, because there's all sorts of juicy stuff from Dave Gibbons in here. Um, yeah, hope you enjoyed. What what news are you excited for? What do you th- What do you think of my Venom theory? Do you think that this movie takes place in the MCU? Do you think... The symbiote is showing up somewhere in Infinity War and they're holding off on their goods just so that they don't spoil Infinity War first. Why did Marvel give Venom such a wide berth if it wasn't in the MCU? He's got, Venom's got like six months all alone in the box office. There's no other Marvel movies coming out during that time. I don't know. It seems suspect. All I know is I'd love to see Tom Hardy in those Marvel movies. So uh, I'm hoping that's the case. And I'm also hoping maybe, maybe Spider-Man Homecoming 2. Boom. Venom, Spider-Man, facing off, punching each other's lights out. Tom Hardy just wailing on a friggin' 18-year-old kid, just beating the shit out of him with his 35-year-old turtle-shaped traps or whatever those muscles are on the back of your neck that make you look like a turtle. That'd be fun. I don't know. What are you hoping for? What do you do? Do you want it to be part of the MCU? Do you want it not to be? What do you think's gonna happen? Who do you think's gonna die in Infinity War? Let's start. Let's start uh, racking up a Deadpool here. I'm calling that, uh, and nobody major dies in Infinity War. Well, maybe Iron Man. Iron Man's probably dead. Yeah, Iron Man's probably dead. Huh? Maybe Rhodey too. Nah, don't kill Rhodey. Can't. And then you got no no dudes with metal suits. What are you gonna do then? Can't do anything then. It's terrible. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just Iron Man. He might be the only person dying in that movie. And then everyone gets to have a funeral about him and remember how he like almost destroyed the world like 12 times but then like sort of saved it although he left it in worse condition each time yeah those were the days i wonder what his obituary would read futurist terrorist innovator the uh uh gen- genocidal maniac <laughs> i don't know megalomaniac tony stark in the mcu at least I do not think would have a very glowing obituary written about him. That guy is the evil, uh, uh, the, the, the big evil villain of the MCU. I think if they got rid of Tony Stark, that would solve half the problems that happen in the MCU. Also, where do you think the Soul Stone is? It's got to be in Wakanda, right? It's in Wakanda. It's just hidden in the middle of the vibranium, and somehow the energy from the Soul Stone is, like, transformed via vibranium to, like, become that liquid in the heart-shaped herb and shit. But yeah, it's it's in Wakanda. Come on, don't kid yourselves. Don't believe all the fake news. Soulstone is just sitting in a giant bedrock of vibranium, and Thanos is going to come and just punch the ground until uh, until he gets to that sweet sweet nectar that is the Soulstone. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm basically rambled out at this point. But you should probably make sure that you go and follow us on Twitter. We are at Savage Land Pod. Uh, you should check out our Instagram. It's a uh, pretty fun stuff. Rachel posts some good stuff there, and I most of the time forget. I feel like Matt also most of the time forgets, but Rachel really, uh, really does the job for us. However, if you see our stuff on Twitter, that's mostly me. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a give and take. At some point, Matt will pick up the, pick up the slack. He'll, he'll have a thing that he focuses on. Maybe, maybe he won't. I don't know. Maybe he's not listening to this and, and this message will never go heard by him because that's the only way we communicate is through uh, passive aggressive messages when the other can't respond on a podcast. Um, while you're at it, you can also like us on Facebook. We are the Savage Land Podcast on there. 
Uh, you can check out my uh, my articles in Panel by Panel magazine. Uh, I've got one coming up this next month uh, in April. It's uh, a little interview with Sam Humphreys talking about his Nightwing run now that it is concluded. Um, featuring some pieces from my previous interview with him and some from an interview uh, that we did afterward, just just last week. Um, and so that'll that'll be coming up. Uh, you can also check out That Might Be Cool for more goodness. Uh, we did, so there's some new stuff coming on thatmightbecool.com. Uh, and for that new stuff, I did a bunch of interviews at WonderCon. There were a lot of big-name creators there. There were a lot of fun people to talk to. And boy, did we talk. So if you keep your eyes open on thatmightbecool.com or on this here podcast feed, you'll see what I'm talking about fairly soon. Something that's been in the works for a while, something I'm really passionate about. Um, and I'm really excited to get to you guys. I think, uh, I think in particular, any of those aspiring or dabbling uh, comics creators or even just creative people out there will, uh, will find this project pretty interesting. Um, in addition to all that stuff, Make sure you check out the other stuff on thatmightbecool.com. we got some cool podcasts. Um, Kent Heidelman's Comic Review Minute is, uh, I don't think, added to the website yet, but you can just look up Comic Review Minute on on Instagram, and basically he reviews trade paperback comics in one minute at a time, multiple times a week. Um, And leave us your ratings and reviews on iTunes. If you go to give us a rating, uh, make sure you type a little message there, and we'll read it out on the show. We'll shout out whatever you got. You got, you you selling used socks on Etsy? We'll shout that out. You selling uh, you selling coffee mugs that uh, look like they're upside down, but really they're right side up. I don't know how that works, but you do because you're the creative genius who came up with it. Uh, whatever you got, we'll we'll plug it if you uh, if you leave it in those little reviews there. If you just want to leave a rating, that's fine. You want to be shy? You don't want to shout out? That's okay. It's just you know it's it's less fun for us because then we don't have anything to read. We don't get to like you know do this shit and just ramble at you forever senselessly. Um, I mean, really, that's, that's it for this week. I'm just like, I'm keeping you here, you know, I'm lonely, I'm just a soul of despair watching all these birds chirp and these leaves sort of sway in the wind a little bit. But you know what? I'm gonna let you go now. It's been fun. It's been a nice little chat. And, uh, next week, we should have a regular episode, uh, again. Me, Matt, Rachel, we'll get together. It'll be Sandman 14, I believe is what she said. I always fucking forget. Um, but you can harass us on Twitter if you can't remember what the issue of the week is. And, uh, oh, and actually, in advance of that issue, um, if you check out, uh, the Nerd Writer did a video about, uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman, um, it's really, really good. If you just go on YouTube and, and search Nerd Writer Sandman, he actually talks partially about this issue, um, that we will be reading, uh, for next week's episode. So that, that'll give you a little primer there. Um, and actually, if you if you like other comics-related videos, uh, look up uh, uh, Strip Panel Naked on, on YouTube. We've talked to Hass a couple times. He runs panel by panel. His videos are the shit, and make sure you let him know that uh, that, that he's loved and that his videos are, are much appreciated by those comics nerds out there. Leave them comments and all that stuff. Support people you like. Just support all the good stuff in the world that you really like, and, and especially from independent creators. Running a pirate ship ain't easy. Our pirate ship over here is very small. The bigger it gets, the harder it is. So, you know, make sure, make sure you let people know. And uh, with that, I hope you've enjoyed your time in the Savage Land. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.